Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Bear and Federated Insurance. Welcome to this episode of the Brothers of the Brush podcast, a podcast by decorators for decorators with me, your host, Chris Kerfoot. So, on this week's Bobcast, we're diving down back under. Let me get this right. I don't want to. I don't want to cock your name up. Your pronunciation. I think I've got it right before. Osma. Ah, yes, very close. Well done. Yeah. Osma. Osma. Where's that originate yes. from then? Uh, it's Latvian. Latvian. So it yeah. sounds very ex- egg exotic early in the morning. Osma Belodis. Latvian. Yes. So um, I get called Oz, though, in the industry because um, people don't remember my name and they can't yeah. pronounce it. So I'm just known as Oz. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose if it makes it easier, but yeah, it's it's not one I've come across before. I was trying to think, I thought, where does that sound like it's from? But my surname's not the best, you know, apparently it's it's traditional English, but to me it sounds foreign. (laughs) 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 We're not, we're not, um, I ain't full English anyway, so it's, uh, everybody's an immigrant, aren't we? (laughs) Yes. Especially in Australia. We are here, aren't we? Like I say, I, that my my grandparents aren't fully English, you know. It's every, everybody who's 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 a national anywhere. Yeah, exactly. you know, it's, especially English. We just invaded everywhere, didn't we? Because we had small country syndrome. <laughs> 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 we just tried to take over the world, didn't we? Like idiots. So <laughs> dive, diving back in, uh, your story in business. How did you get started? How did I get started? Okay. Um, so I was actually studying psychology and I was a um an administration manager for an ophthalmologist. Yeah. And I decided that I didn't want to be in admin at, or I didn't want to be stuck in an office every day. And I was always inclined to be, I wanted to actually be a costume designer originally. Yeah. But I was terrified of being a freelancer and not having consistent work and not being able to have a family. So, but when I was a um, practice manager, I actually had to, um, I had to um, organize all the trades that came into the surgery when there were renovations. And I watched the painter and thought, I could do that. And I was like, it'd be something I could do physically active. And then I had all these ideas about bringing back um, all the old traditional painting. And I noticed in America, they do a lot of faux finishes and things like that. And I thought, why isn't anyone doing that in Australia? So that was um, about 15 years ago that I had that thought. Yeah. So then I ended up quitting everything and started a pre-vocational course at our trade school here, TAFE. Um, yeah, and didn't look back. That, that's the right mixed bag. So you've gone from ophthal- ophthalmist, I can't say that. <laughs> Caught me out with that one. Psychology. Yeah, yeah. You, you can say that. Yes, yeah. So it's it's a, it's a bit of a round the houses to get to decorating. <laughs> well, it was, and I guess because my whole family are academics, I um 
was trying to fit into probably a world that I didn't belong to. So it took me a long time of trying lots of things, but I realised I had to be physically active and I had to be creative and using my hands to be happy. Yeah. So, um, you know, even though I, I can be quite intellectual at the end of the day, that's what I needed to be doing to sort of flourish, I guess. Yeah. That the, the hands on stimulates you more than the mental stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I love the physical result that we get at the end of a, a job. You know, it's amazing to be able to see it. Yeah. So, it's, it sounds about right. I could have walked straight into an office job with my dad. But I just didn't want, we call them biro pilots. I didn't want to be stuck behind a desk being a biro pilot all day. You know, sat, sat in a <laughs> box really doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. got really fat as well. And I was like, oh, this is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I started off, uh, I wanted to be a chef when I left school. And I started off yeah. in a kitchen and I was silver service waiter as well. Worked behind a bar. I had four jobs at one point. I was, uh, Doing my apprentice, well, I started doing that. I was working in the kitchen. Then I was working behind a bar in a nightclub, uh, two nights a week. And then I th- I'd had enough, so I went decorating, but I still kept those jobs. I was serving my apprenticeship at week and working for a private company on weekends. So I was juggling four jobs, uh, wow. like an idiot. <laughs> and then the I just plowed. You in your 20s. <laughs> I was, I was about what, 17 at the time. You know, yeah. I've, always, I've always had a strong work ethic. Uh, so it got to a point where I was uh, <clears throat> I was a workaholic. I got stuck in that rut for years of working like an idiot, and it didn't do me any favours. Uh, so I just stuck everything into decorating and stuck with that. Yeah, it teaches you resilience, though. I'll give it that. I mean, doing my apprenticeship, I had a very strict boss, and as hard as it was at the time, I mean, I was also very determined to prove myself as a female. And I think the resilience that I learned is priceless. And to this day, I'm so grateful yeah. for being taught and, you know, just to persevere no matter what. <laughs> is he, I mean, because obviously 15 years ago, that's going back a bit. I think for the better now, things are more relaxed, whether it's people's sexuality, females in the trade. Did you get a lot of stigma? with that because she was a female in the trade or did they take you on board and look at you as like a little sister and look after you? Uh, it it depended on the environment. Um, it actually took me six trials to find someone who'd take me on board. So I was the top of my tra- of my class at my pre-vocational ca- class um, at trade school and I was told by my lecturers, you will have to work. They said this isn't right but you'll have to work twice as hard as the guys to get yeah. the same amount of effect. Yeah. And it was absolutely true. Um, and I was in quite a few situations that I'd like to, you know, would have liked to have said something where I was definitely discriminated against, but I knew that, you know, word would spread like wildfire. And I was one of the very few females back then. Yeah. didn't see us very often. So You'd I get a black to- dot outside of your name then. Sorry? You'd get a black dot outside of your name then for future. Yeah, absolutely. Trouble causer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And my lecturers told me that. They said it's not right, but you just have to keep going. So that shit um, is that though, isn't it, in this day and age? In this day and age, yes. Um and honestly, most of my experiences though, especially recently, they're positive. Yeah. I mean, but I, I definitely earned my respect by doing my trade and I really made sure that I didn't stand out. I, I wanted to stand out because of my work ethic and because of what I produce, not because of being a female. 
Yeah. So I made a point to work really, really hard to gain um, a good reputation. Yeah. So. I can't imagine how, how bad that is. I mean, probably the worst I came to that is when I did my apprenticeship, believe it or not, I had long hair, it's probably as long as yours. And I got, <laughs> I, I got sort of told, you'll never get taken seriously looking like that. Wow. Still like an idiot. Had me, had me hair cut short. You know, and it's and now look anyone can look like anything now, it doesn't matter. Yeah, maybe look at me now, I've got no blum in there. <laughs> but yeah, that's but I just I just think it's pretty bad. It's why can't you be taking on your skills rather than your gender, your looks, you know, what that's nothing to do with anybody. Yeah, you know, as, as long as you turn up and you're doing the job you, you're claiming you can do, well, that's all that should matter. I could not agree more. Absolutely. It should absolutely be skills based and your attitude. And yeah, how hard you work, not not you know, yeah. who cares what you look. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you just get the job done, that's it. So what's been your lowest point in business? Have you had one? My lowest point in business. Oh, I mean, it's been a long road um getting to the point where I only do decorative work. So I had to um obviously I finished my apprenticeship, then I subcontracted to people while I was gaining my own work. And because decorative wasn't very known, I had to do a lot of um, jobs for free just to build up my portfolio or cost yeah. price. I was just desperate to do it and to break into it. The lowest point would have been when I painted a lady's cupboards probably six times. She had this particular look she wanted. She told me what product she wanted. And she was, I, I mean, the alarm bells rung when she started bitching about every single tradie she'd ever had oh, yeah. in the house. And that's always, a, a, now I know that's a warning sign. Um, but yeah. after, so that was a really hard slog. But then after that, I had a large, well, not a large, but it was a really sort of um, challenging townhouse to paint in the city and the product failed and I had to get scaffolding, council approval, and I think I painted it five times. Yeah. And it wasn't a fault of my own, but it was basically two huge knocks when I was a single parent just getting by and there were two huge financial knocks. Yeah. Um, that that was like, what am I doing? This is absolute madness. Um, but fortunately after that, I actually got a contract with Warner Brothers to work on Mortal Kombat here. I've so, just I've just been having a nose through your Instagram and seen that. That's one of my notes. So that, set. that kind of saved me for three months and it also inspired me to get back out there doing my yeah. own business. So, so, what's, yeah. so what's it like? I mean, it's closest to the, the paint failure. I've had one recently. I mean, I've been doing it, what, 34 years? And I've had one recently where I had three jobs all fail within 10, uh, 10 months, 10, 12 months from the same paint company. And they wow. denied all knowledge of a product, and it, it totaled about four or five thousand pound. And I had to go and redo. Yeah. I, I went and redid them anyway uh, because the, one of them was a good customer. Two were new customers. Uh, in end, I threatened them with court, and they did pay out uh, everything but the materials they paid. But it was a two-year mental slog of backwards yeah. and forwards with legal letters and threats and stuff like that. But it's it's bad it's when they terrible. do that. Yeah. And you have to you have to know when to I think that's one thing I've learned. You have to know when to just take it basically. Take it and, and walk I, away from mental. Yeah. Yeah. I'll always make sure that the client's happy. 
And But in terms of fighting the battle, I just didn't have it in me at that stage and I thought I've just got to move on from this. So, but yeah, yeah I, I think I think that you, could, you can apply that to so many things in life, whether it's work, relationships. Sometimes I walked out on a relationship years ago and I, I lost, what, about 50 grand in an house. Yeah. And I just thought my mental health's worth more than the money. You know, yeah. so I just... I went through a, I actually went through a divorce. I was 26 when I um, was doing my apprenticeship and the market crashed. So it lost money on the house. You know, it was making $500 a week as an apprentice yeah. with debt because the market crashed and we lost money on the home. That, that was a pretty low point too. But once again, I guess it teaches you that resilience and, you know, yeah. how much do you want it? Yeah. Well, that, well, that's it. Sometimes the materialistic stuff like we're talking pre-record the materialistic stuff doesn't have value happiness and everything else does you know but i suppose on the other side at least you've you've worked it out when you were younger you know yeah i guess so (laughs) i did yeah i definitely worked out that the material aspect you know i remember actually i woke up under a chandelier literally under a chandelier and thought i'm so miserable like i've ticked all the boxes everything everyone told me would make me happy yeah. And I'm miserable, you know. So, yeah. well, like I said, at least you're, you're, you're still young and you've still got it in you to get back up and make something of it. And yeah, if, if you do it when you're at later end of life, you think, oh, I might as well just wrap up now, I know, and give in. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes you more cautious, definitely, about what relationships you enter into because they definitely shape you for good or bad, I think. Yeah, it's, it, it takes some, we, we joke now, me and my wife say, God, I hate to be dating again. I mean, obviously when we, years ago, there was no Tinder and all this, and you say, God, it sounds like hard work. You don't know who's who, catfishing, and, and you say, man, I just feel for anybody, you know. And then I probably. Just don't work. <laughs> I just don't single. On the other side of it, as a single parent, you're juggling everything. And it's yeah. my mum was a single parent for years. My mum didn't remarry till I was sixteen, and I've, I've seen it. My mum used to struggle. Me and my brother used to look after herself while my mum went to work. She'd have probably got in trouble for it nowadays. And then you think it's the genuine single parents because if you've had a crap day at work and you come home and your head's not in it, and your little ones, you're tired. Your little one, if you've got another half, they can take over. Yeah. But when you're on your own, you can't. You've got to do everything and you come in, you're doing tea, you're washing the clothes, you're doing and then you probably get sat down nine, ten at night, cup of tea, pass out on the sofa and you up and start again in the morning. Or pass out next to your daughter at eight o'clock, which often happens and then wake up at ten and think, oh, I've got to do that quote. Yeah. My my kids <laughs> often wake me up on the sofa and say, Dad, are we off to bed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But saying that I have amazing family support. And if I yeah. didn't have couldn't run a business I mean I don't know how I mean I, I couldn't function without my family I'm so fortunate they're nearby and if I have a, a quote you know my daughter's happy to go and play with her cousins and yeah. and yeah without, without my family I, I really I wouldn't have a business I can definitely say that yeah that that network does help around you so going back to your Mortal Kombat days and your set painting is that yeah. would you say that's your highest point of your more no, I wouldn't say that was my highest point. The, the interesting thing about that is once you, I mean, I thought I was a pretty good decorative painter and then I, you know, walk on set and think, oh, gosh, I'm in kindergarten. I know nothing. I mean, these people are just, the scenic artists are just incredible. I mean, my boss was 
um, Matt Connors, who started on Crocodile Dundee and did yeah. all the Matrix movies and Star Wars. So, and I just, I learned so much. It was absolutely incredible. It was definitely um, a high, absolutely, but it's it's also a hard slog. It's not, yeah. it's not all roses, definitely. Um, probably my highest point was a project I finished recently, which was a five-star hotel um, restaurant. And I got to do gilding, um, high polish Venetian plaster, and a. Is, is this the one where you you've gilded the bar in it? Yeah, so I gilded the bar, the dome, and yeah. then the stage surround. Um, I mean, it was a huge project, but what was beautiful about it was every single trade on the project was a specialist in their field, and everything was intricate. So it was just an amazing team, yeah. and it's just incredible watch everyone do their craft and everyone appreciated each other and it was yeah it was just that, really that must be such a joy because the amount of shit tradesmen we follow <laughs> over here plasterers decorators sorted that out with a bit of flour a uh, bit of filler bit of flour <laughs> yeah totally yeah. the painting fixer yeah paint, paint I, I did one other week and it was sealing it had been plastered over our text and yeah. i sprayed it and when i sprayed it it looked shocking but how far do you go you know, how oh, far do you go putting somebody else's work day, right? Another two days of flushing. You're not a flusher. Ceiling yeah. <laughs> light can only cover so much. <laughs> yeah, but but going this the set thing fascinates me. My daughter went on a trip with school. Uh, they did London early this year, and they did theatre shows. But part of uh, they went to see Back to the Future, which is a theatre show, and Hamilton, and Frozen. I can't remember. I think it was Back to the Future. They got to go as part of the trip behind the scenes and see how the sets are painted to do with art at school. And she yeah. loved it. And then we like, you know, we've just been to France. And when we're in Disney, one of the best rides we did were Back to the Future. Uh, sorry, not Back to the Future, Pirates at Caribbean. Yeah. And you go in this building and you cannot believe you're inside because it's all painted. And the way it's painted and they've got the the air set around you, like it's humid, you believe you're in somewhere yeah. like a tropical country you know like caribbean and it's because we, we've been to caribbean and you it even looks like proper full-on sky and you just think there's so many anything because it was like a thousand pound for three days for four of us for a ticket and you think that's a lot of money but when you go anything this is where your money's going the skill in that <laughs> the, sk oh, the skill in amazing. that I mean, yeah but, i mean they'd bring in things um you know, to the scenic department and it would just be like blocks of polystyrene and particle board and then it would come out looking like, you know, a realistic aged roof or, yeah. you know, shop front and it was it was incredible. And I got to work in the plaster department a bit as well and they created all these caves and it was just, I mean, the amount of plaster that was used was amazing and they had moats in there and, um, you know, hand-painted glass that was like a moving museum yeah. And it was, it was like entering another world. And then the crazy thing is you go on these sets, they're so elaborate. And then two weeks later you go back and it's like the warehouse is just back to exactly how it was before they even walked on. Yeah. You know, they have to restore everything back to its original form. And it, it, it just fascinated me. And to all of them, it was, you know, the people who work on movies regularly, that was normal. But I was like a kid in a candy store. Everything excited me. I must have been yeah. the annoying one because I was. <laughs> Yeah, I was just, it was just incredible. And their skills are amazing. I mean, you get given an image of something and you just have to create it. So, yeah. and they use random products like so much shellac and bitumen and things from the cupboard. Like 
it was just, yeah, it was phenomenal. Just like alchemists, you know, grabbing all these products and turning it into something amazing. <laughs> this, I, I told the Galax, like I said, when we were dizzy, we were walking around, another one was Ratatouille. Uh, it's, yeah. it's one of, I quite like that animated one. And you went in and you were like walking around the rooftops in France. But wow. it, it probably was polystyrene, but they were done like buildings. Yeah. And I'm, I'm doing the decorate thing where I'm rubbing my hands along it, thinking, this feels so real. <laughs> Yeah. But, but then I've, I've watched, I watched a documentary on Friends because we're, we're all massive Friends fans in our house. And it was showing yeah. you how they do the sound, you know, when someone runs in a room or when they do this. And like you said, the random things they use to get the results, yeah. you're just thinking, what? It's, yeah. How do people, it, it baffles me how people come up with ideas and how they can replicate stuff. And like you say, how they can replicate a set and it's probably just polystyrene blocks stuck together with a finish on it and then painted to look old and you're thinking that's mad there's some skills out there but it's also i mean it was great also to um help me think outside the box and how to problem solve um yeah. in my own business so when i went back to my own business i thought gosh i'm capable of so much more than i ever realized yeah. you know so from there i i um, sometimes still paint sets for schools and things because there's a carpenter I know who designs sets for um, plays and also does a lot of merchandise. And so um, sometimes I get the luxury of going to his warehouse in the Adelaide Hills and I get to paint, you know, I still get to paint, do some set painting for him, which is so great. Previously, I would have thought there's no way I can do that. Yeah. And it's not necessarily the skills I learned. It's just my own limitations, really, that yeah. at the end of the day, you can stand there, you can have paint, you can create anything. But we so, just have this set mindset that we yeah, can't. But that you're limited. You, know, you, say, you, you limit yourself, like you say, you're self-limited, aren't you? Yeah. And anyone could do it. I mean, you just have to really just give it a go, you know, and practice. And that's what I've really I'm, always how do you advertise and because i from my point of view looking at that i think it's such a niche market how would you advertise and would you be able to sustain and be a freelancer but then when you look around there's so much stuff that's done like that when you look around and think well it's not all done with wallpaper it's you know but how how do you get to the point where you're getting enough working to continue doing that um, for me, I mean, especially in Adelaide, but we've only got 1.5 million people here. We're pretty small. I've had That's to not divert. Small. <laughs> well, compared to like Sydney or Melbourne, I mean, it's, I, it's- I, I can drive across town and it's three miles from one side of town to other. <laughs> but I had to divert. I mean, I guess I've diversified a lot. I, I have to do wallpaper, gilding, you know, custom finishes, Venetian plaster to stay in decorative full time. And I'm prepared to do that because I don't yeah. want to go back to general painting. I don't mind doing a little bit of it um, as prep for my own work. Um, but really for me, it's as contacts. It's, it's yeah. years and years and years of just talking. I mean, I don't go out partying or anything like that, but it's just doing a really good job every time. And the word does get around eventually. And also Instagram helps just to promote. Yeah. My website's helped recently a lot and it really is who you know, a lot of it, and it's and it's delivering a quality service but also making the experience memorable for the client as well to, to yeah. make sure that it's like, wow, I love that, you know, and then they'll tell their friends. Yeah. So the slow burn. Because <laughs> the, the sort of work you're in, this, we, we were talking pre-record about impending recessions and I was saying it's two-sided coin because – 
decorating's a luxury that people have a go themselves. They can't have a go at your job themselves, but it's a luxury. But then on the other hand, people that employ you are people that are going to have money that probably won't struggle in a recession because they're savvy. Yes. So it's, you you, you get to work for more high end. So yeah. yeah, they've got so much money that it's not going to be an issue yeah. for them. They might, they might not notice. Well, I hope. Who yeah. knows? They're, they're not struggling to pay electric bill at mortgage, are they? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, but as I said, I can always fall back onto general painting if I ever have to. Yeah. Um, do, you ever, do, you ever, do you ever miss general painting? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it had its place, and I'm so glad that I completed my, my painting and decorating apprenticeship. I was told by people, oh, you don't have to do that if you want to do decorative. Don't waste your time. And I knew instinctively that I had to because I get respect on sites because I have done that. I know yeah. what I know the process. I know how things work. I've been on commercial sites and uh, such a diverse range of, of projects um, that that's how I gain my respect. And I know what's going on because I watched it for so many years before I then branched into decorative. Yeah. And I'm so glad I did that time. You know, it was hard, but I'm so glad I did. So if, so if the decorators that's prepping for you trying to baffle you with bullshit, it don't work. <laughs> yeah. And you have to have, I mean, for most of my finishes too, that the prep has to be immaculate. I have to know what they've used and, you know, what's underneath it can affect, you know, yeah. what I'm putting over. Yeah, you don't, so, want, you don't want to spend a fortune doing your finishes and then you found it's reactive because they've used some cheap product or not what's been specced on the job because it saves a bit of money. Yeah. And yeah. I know how to quickly prep something, um, you know, immaculately so that I get the best result for my client as well. So it's, yeah, it was definitely worthwhile. And as I said, I could always fall back onto it if I ever had to. Yeah. So what's what's your biggest struggle you've come across? My biggest struggle? I think my biggest struggle is even to this day is just the consistency and like we were talking before, scheduling, yeah. you know, juggling the droughts and floods, um, you know, the different projects, having people jumping up and down and, and working out what's, you know, who to put first yeah. and making sure everyone's happy and then answering your phone while you, you know, it's, it's always a juggling act and then school pickup and, you know, everything else you've got going on in life. It's, yeah. it's fitting everything in and finding a balance that I find the hardest. Absolutely. It's sometimes like throwing everything up in air. And then waiting for it to drop and see what happens. Yeah. Like playing jacks. <laughs> yeah. And some days, as bad as it is, you just kind of have to switch off for a few days. Yeah. To, to get some clarity because you keep answering your phone and you go you know, a bit mad, or you have to message people, look, I'll get back to you in a couple of days or whatever it is, because it it, it gets really challenging. But I've, then when it gets quiet, you stress out, right? Yeah. I've I've got to a point now where I have two numbers on my phone. And at the end of the okay. day, I just switch my work number off and just think, it'll, I'll deal with it tomorrow. Yeah, I've thought about that because on the weekend, I mean, I do, I get the odd text message from a client at 10 p.m. What colour yeah. do you think of this? And, and yeah. even though you don't respond, it still changes your train of thought for that. Yeah, evening. and you're not, pres you're not present with your kids. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, your head's still at work and then you feel bad because kids aren't getting the full, the full attention. Yeah, I'm definitely terrible with that being on my phone. My mum's like, yeah. oh, my mum, my daughter's like, mum, get off the phone, you know. And I have to consciously put it down because I'm so reactive and you want to make sure 
And I guess for me too, because I struggled for so long to get all these decorative jobs, I'm so grateful to have them. Yeah. I feel I feel like I have to be reactive all the time and jump on every job, whereas I need to now tell myself that I'm allowed to slow down and give myself permission to I've, you know, I've, wait. I've, I've changed my hours on my Google and then you don't even have to have two phones anymore. On an iPhone, you can have two SIMs. Okay. So you, you have electronic SIM and your regular SIM. So even though you've only got one SIM slot and I just, I come home and I've got two profiles on it, business and personal. And then I've, I, I read a lot of, uh, they're not self-help, but they're, they're sort of like, uh, I suppose they are self-help books, Robin Sharma. And he has this thing called TB, TBTF, Type Bubble of Total Focus, where you just switch off for a couple hours and just focus. Yeah. My first two hours in a day, my phone will not get any notifications unless it's the current job I'm on. My mum, my dad, because they're going on in age, my two kids and my other half, and that's it, and, and three close friends. They're the only things that can get through. And then through rest at work, people can go older. And then when I finish, I get home, six o'clock, just pick my phone up, tap business, and it goes off. I don't get no notifications for anything to do with work. Okay. And it's yeah. great. Even, even Instagram, yeah. I check out my business Instagram at six o'clock, I just gone to my personal Instagram and I've removed, as harsh as it is, I've removed everything to do with decorating off my personal Instagram. Wow. It's when I'm away on holiday, I just don't want to see. We've get, we're have we getting <laughs> of how-to videos here, how to open it in a paint. <laughs> Instagram. So I it's just a rabbit hole. Yeah, I just don't want to see anything to do with work when I'm away from work because it sort of just drags you back in. Yeah, I you understand. Know? The problem is I just love what I do so much. So I'm always researching and looking at what people are doing. In fact, like I can just spend hours, you know, watching its terrible Instagram clips and things. But I I, I used to be, but I'm I'm learning to get it. Well, I'm getting it more in check and I'm switching off more and just being more present with kids and and enjoying my time. Because I was listening to one podcast. It says that window of opportunity you've got with your kids is very small before the flight nest. And I... A friend of mine, I wouldn't say he's the wisest, he was a decorator, I'll give a shout out, Josh, I was working with him the other week with Spray New PBC, and his eldest kid's five, he's got three, I think five or six is eldest, he's got three under six, and he says to me, he says, he says, way I look at it, I've got 12 summers with eldest before she buggers off, and yeah. he think that's when you look at it and it's scary, it puts it into perspective. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Especially for me. I mean, I've got one. So it's every single moment is I'm only going to get that age once, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. I try and get her involved. I'm like, we're doing samples. She loves it. She's got her own trowel. She's you know, <laughs> loves helping me with a sample board. It's, you know, something creative. And she's, Um, I think it's also important, though, that they see that you, you grow up hard. You know, they can see you working hard. I mean, for yeah. me, it's important my daughter to see me doing what I love and working hard at it so she she's also resilient and yeah you understand the work ethics yeah and understand that I work hard for to create what we have it's not you know if I money don't grow on trees my favorite saying to kids money don't grow on trees (laughs) (laughs) so but she yeah she definitely understands my work I think yeah so where, so where do you see Azu Bespoke in five or ten years? Five or ten years? Well, I really, I'd love to travel more with my work. So interstate and overseas would be amazing. I'd love to branch out and become sort of 
do more bespoke work, more creative work, creating artwork would be yeah. really, that would be my ideal to have that as well as, um, you know, being physically on site. And then as it grows, I'd really, I definitely feel like obliged to pass on my skills and my training, yeah. what I've learned. When I started, I could not find a master painter or someone who specialised in decorative to do an apprenticeship with. They just didn't exist anymore. And it made me realise how sad that is. I mean, so many of those old school trades, and I'm so passionate about that, is that it it can't be lost. I mean, it is so sad to, to think that all these old trades are starting to die off and you know, the she'll be right, mate, has become the, the everyday motto is yeah. not good enough. So I would like to pass on my skills yeah. over time and maybe go into more of a training role later on in life. I, I was just going to say, have you not thought of doing sort of like a, a, a training in the polished plasters and the bespoke finishes and setting up a school yeah. doing it? Absolutely. That's something I look at, but I'm still loving being on site and I still feel like I have a lot to learn. Yeah. Um, so I'm not quite there yet, but it Come, comes future, with age when you want to slow down a bit. <laughs> I think so. Absolutely. But right now I'm, I still have a lot of fire in my belly for, you know, being on yeah. site, running up scaffolds and being challenged. <laughs> so <laughs> so if you, if you could go back to the young Azu, I'll, 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 Go to Azu, so it makes it easier yeah. for me. Uh, <laughs> what advice would you give yourself if, if back to future style, where he goes back and gives him almanac and says, "Here you go, read this." What would you give yourself? I would say, don't be afraid to ask for help, because I was quite pig-headed, I think, and just thought I'll do everything myself all the yeah. time. Uh, seek mentors that you can admire who have already achieved what you want to achieve and listen to them and implement what they tell you. Yeah. Uh, Definitely that. And probably just do three things every day that, um, three things every day that will help you become the person you want to be. Just three small things, whether it's read a chapter of a book or because they just do just like they build up over time, don't they? Yeah, one percent every day is something I I, I read. Well, not read, yeah. but it's something I've learned. One percent every day is three hundred and sixty percent a year. Yeah, just something. Go for a walk around the block. I don't know, eat an apple, whatever it is. But it's it's amazing how that builds up because I was always such an all or nothing person previously, and now it's yeah. taken me this long to learn that it is those you know it is the cliches, the daily habits that we have, and even oh, if it's you sound like you've been reading the books I've been reading. <laughs> Oh yeah, the seven. What is it? Seven. The habits of highly effective. Seven. Yeah, seven effective habits of uh, some people. Yeah, thingy yeah, bow, isn't it? That one. <laughs> that yeah. one, but it, it's yeah, it's really eye opening. The other one that's really good is Limitless Mind. I was yeah. listening to that. One. My sister got me onto that. That this, this is my bible. Oh, um, I think you've mentioned this before, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, I listen yes. to his, his podcast, his daily podcast, or anything from two minutes to five, uh, ten minutes. And okay. they're just so condensed, and you just think, that makes sense. Okay, you know, I'll have to get just, just, I'll, I'll listen to him on my way to work, just on my, on my way into work, and just sort of prep my mind. And it's just the stuff in it, it's like some, a lot of it's golden. I mean, some of it you can just think, yeah, but then some of it you think, God, that's golden. He's yeah. right, you know, he's right. And it is, you know, Life changes. It's just weird. I, I think I feel like I'm going through a bit of a change at the moment. 
as yeah. adult as I am, you're never told to change and you just think, I wish I'd known this 20 years ago. I know. <laughs> Tell yeah. me about it. So many things. Yeah, but so you've still got things. plenty of time left, haven't you? You're not that blooming old. No, well, and the other thing that, I um, mean, I think we're really fortunate about being painters and decorators is that we have time to listen to podcasts. Like, what a luxury. I often yeah. think I'm so grateful that I can listen to an audio book while I do what I love. Yeah. You know, even though life can be crazy, we still have that moment to switch off, whereas most people, you know, have phones ringing and emails to answer. They can't listen to a podcast or a, an audio book. I think it's it's a huge luxury that we have, and I'm very grateful yeah. for that as well. Yeah, I'm a big convert to that. Rather than that radio blaring out, as book, podcast, where my day sort of split up. First couple hours when nobody can get hold of me, it's a book. Then it's a yeah. podcast, then it's music for the rest of the day, just when I'm chilling out a bit. Yeah, you can. Yeah. I think I overdid the audio books for a while and had to go back to music. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm done for a little while. <laughs> good, good old, I think sometimes you can you can overflow your brain and it, it gets like a sponge where it's that wet, it, you can't take anything else in and it's just going past you. Especially when you're getting near burnout, you know, yeah. with and you push yourself too much you get to the point where you just have to switch off and and also give yourself time to absorb the information because i find you can you can sort of churn through it like popcorn and then forget it yeah or your mind starts wondering i mean i, I use me watching i'm skipping back 30 seconds 30 because i'm i get i think i haven't taken any of the last two minutes in because i heard something on it and then my mind started wondering yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes and i yeah. think how have i got here I have got thinking about what Christmas presents to get this year. Yeah. <laughs> What's missing? for dinner? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my life's rolled be food. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're the sort that are having breakfast and talking about what we're going to have for tea. <laughs> That's fair. That's, yeah. I, yeah. I understand. <laughs> What's for dinner? Yeah. yeah. We, uh, I'm not a drinker. I'm more of a, I, I like food rather than drink. You know, so yeah. it's food that excites me, not getting drunk. Uh, oh, coffee excites me. I mean, I, I'll give up anything. If someone put me on a health kick, I'll do anything, but don't ask me to give up coffee. My my wife thinks I've become a coffee addict. <laughs> a what? A coffee what? A coffee addict. Yeah, I'm definitely a coffee when, addict. When we go out, it's like every hour, uh, every hour, hour and a half, we have to stop for a coffee somewhere. <laughs> Okay, not that bad. And, and you know, I, I like to just sit and have a coffee, and people watch. Do you sleep? <laughs> yes. We when I, I went to Amsterdam with some friends last year uh, for my birthday, and they were like, "You've had twelve coffees. How are you sleeping?" That's incredible. Yeah, I couldn't sleep. I just, I just, I'm I'm just switch off in minutes. Yeah, I, I can't have a coffee after midday anymore. It's the saddest thing that's ever happened to me. Oh man, I think I had one about half nine last night, my last one. <laughs> you must be very tired. Still passed out on the sofa, just gone 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, coffee, coffee, and a, coffee and a bar of chocolate, and I passed out on the sofa. <laughs> and are you particular about the type of coffee you drink, or do you just drink any coffee? I'm a bit of a coffee snob. I won't drink it at work because I'm not an instant coffee lover. Uh, Waste I, of time. I can't, I like black coffee, but I can't drink it because I get, gives me stomach acid. I suffer bad with, okay. I've, I've for years, I've been on prescription tablets for years for it. 
So I, I, it's yeah. got to be milky, like a cappuccino, cortado, latte. Uh, but I've just come back. I have a coffee machine. I went sort of half and half. I went for one with pods, but it has a steam wand, just for convenience rather than messing with beans and grinds. Uh, but I was using Costa Coffee, which is a brand over here. It's like poor man's Starbucks. But then when we're in France, <laughs> I found a website in the Netherlands that does Lavazza. Yes. And it's £25 for 100 capsules. So it's literally wow. 20, 25 pence a cup, which would be like 25 cents a cup, I suppose, for you guys. So yeah, I I, I use them in the machine. Yeah, I ordered 200 quid uh, when I was in uh, 200 when I was in France. It cost me £50 for 200 capsules delivered. Takes a week. So, <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm the only one that drinks coffee in our house as well. Nobody else drinks coffee. Oh wow! So you're held very accountable for how many you'll know exactly how much you've drunk. You can't blame anyone else. Yeah, when when I'm emptying little container on pod machine, I, I normally empty it every every other day, uh, wow. and there's no, there's normally about sixteen in it. You know, so I know I'm about eight a day at the moment. Okay, I'm two a day, so yeah. <laughs> I'm there. but I can't live without it. And sometimes yeah. before I go to sleep, that you know, like the night before, I'm like, I can't wait for my coffee. And see, I grind my beans because I love the smell. I just think yeah. the smell, especially ground beans, is, is yeah. pretty nice. To wake up I, I love the smell of it, but I was, I was talking to a customer and I was like, are these any good, Natalie? So like, yeah, but you've got to, they were one of the beans to cup and it's like you've got to faff about with this and get your grounds right and you've, you puck and I just think, do you know what? I'll just get a pod. Yeah. You know, well, so if you're having that many a day, it makes sense. Yeah. I've actually just bought one of these for work. Ah, do they work? I've always been yes. curious. Yeah, this they this do. one, that'll, that'll do grinds or pods. So it's got wow. a converted thing on it. I've even gone for the larger cup conversion as well. <laughs> It, it you should just have a drip, Chris. Yeah. Just get a, a coffee. Get on intravenous drip. <laughs> yeah, coffee. I, I think it's uh, it's like later in life, it's replaced cigarettes. Okay. You know, it's it's like a kick into it. You know, it's like it's it's like a little buzz you get. You know, you get in from work and you've had a crap day. And years ago, I'd have had a had a cigarette or fag, whereas now I've I sit in and sit on the sofa with coffee and just think. Oh, and relax. Yeah. <laughs> Much better for you. I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Think, I so, are you? Um, are you much of a book reader at all? What? Well, obviously, yes. you do your audio books. Well, I used to read. Oh, I used to read all the time, and then I became a parent, and I just valued sleep a lot more. And even now, I'll try and read a paragraph, and I fall asleep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it has. To, I had to go to audiobooks, so at least it's something. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And any good recommendations? Um, yes, the one I really enjoy at the moment is called "The Secret Lives of Color." I've got it here. Hang on, and it's um. It actually talks, I love the history of colour and pigment, and it yeah. goes through all the different colours in the world, in the world, as many as they could probably fit into this book. And it talks about the pigments, where they're sourced, and the history of the name and how it came about. Yeah. And it's really, if you're into colour, it's a really fascinating book. Um, the other one that's just probably more philosophical, which will probably I'll probably read for the rest of my life, is called The Gene Keys by Richard Rudd. Um, and it's sort of based on 
the I Ching and astrology and it's um, incredibly philosophical and profound, but you can read a page and, and ponder it for hours. So yeah. that one's, that one's um, it's a good balance. So, yeah. Yeah, there are two going I'll, at the I'll, moment. I'll look them up on permit show notes. I mean, at the moment, I'm I'm all about Robin Sharma. Munku sold his Ferrari, 5am club. Oh, I see. I haven't. I haven't gone down that path yet. I must. Yeah, I must have a look yeah. at those. I, I tell you a brilliant book. I've, I've uh, listened to on audio as well. Uh, Excellent Twins. Okay. That is about customer service and right. providing better. And that has changed my business hell of a lot. You can't implement everything. It's just you get an idea and think that won't work in our trade. But it, if you tweak it and do that. Is is um is is a big hotelier. Uh, if I remember right, is a, is a German chap called Horst, and he run one of the biggest chains in America of hotels. And it was just little things like noticing his top guests what papers he read, and he'd have one put outside the door at night. Wow! Yeah. Whereas one little tip I give away that I do when I've done a job for a customer that's over a thousand pounds, if they pay on time and leave a review. I spend 1% on a gift from whether it's an Amazon gift card or chocolate. There was one at Christmas. Uh, I did a kitchen for a customer. I think about £2,700. And she paid on time. She was brilliant. She made plenty of cups of tea. And she was elderly, but I think a lot of elderly people are, are more sprightly than they used to be. You know, mm. and she was out regular. She was in her early 70s. But she's she's like, oh, I like a couple of biscuits with my cup of tea in an afternoon. So I went on Amazon and got her a biscuit hamper where when you stay in hotels, you get the little cream packet over here with two different types of biscuit in. Oh, how gorgeous. And I got her this hamper. It it was about £35 and it had like a box of Yorkshire tea in it and then all the little different packets of biscuits and I dropped it off as a thank you. You know, and it's yeah. just appreciating. And they appreciate, yeah, they, I, they appreciate it so much. Yeah. I've done that a few times. Like, bought them um, a pot plant or, like, the Latvian tradition when you move into a new house is to bring a fresh loaf of bread and some salt because it's, like, a superstitious thing that you, yeah. you know, it's good luck. It's just a nice thing to do. And people just love it. Even You know, it doesn't matter how much money they have because yeah. for a trade to give them a present is just so unusual now. Like, we've sort yeah. of forgotten... You're just that, showing that them they're not they're right. not another number that's just paid you. Absolutely. And especially yeah. when you coffee and biscuits and cake. I mean, it's it's not what my waistline needs, but it's yeah. so nice. <laughs> another one I did another one I did, I got a load of empty paintings, uh, just plain white, and I had a label put on them with my details. And if it was less than a thousand pounds, I bought a big jar off Amazon of uh, branded jelly beans. And I'd <laughs> fill the painting or leave that for them. And then put a note with it, say, please reuse this tin as a pen pot when you're done. Oh, and then it's That's always on the side with your name and advert on, isn't it, when you're done? Brilliant. So That's it's always at the back of the mind, you know, a little, little advert there on the side with your name on. You know, Thank but you. It's, it's it's just picking stuff up out of this book. You know, it, it was things like it, it wouldn't have a customer service desk in his hotel. It says because everybody's responsible. So you shouldn't need a customer service. Everybody should be approachable. And within, it says, one of his pet hates when he walks into a hotel and people at the desk don't look up. And we've we've had it. We went to a steak restaurant. And it's for a steak for two of you and all the trimmings, it's about £140. And we walked wow. in 
and the woman that takes your tea place serving, she was on a laptop. She didn't even look up till I'd been stood there about two or three minutes when I was stood right in front of her. I was like, that's poor. He says, as soon as you walk in, when they get within 10 foot, you should be looking up at them. It's just little things like that. Yeah, I'll be with you in a moment. There's, yeah. such, you know, there's that tiny thing instead of ignoring you until you can. Yeah, I think it's people getting lost in their own head and not not noticing what's around them. So when important. when I worked behind a bar, one of the, in a nightclub, one of the things they taught us is never turn your back on someone that's holding a note up. But yeah, because you're turning your back on money. Yeah. So so when I go in and when I when I used to go out drinking in a pub, and you. There's loads of you and you're jostling to get to front to get a drink. I'd stand up front with a note in my hand. Because if they're being taught that, they come to your next behavior. <laughs> you Waiting. knew the inside. You, yeah. in the you, you, you know you can get served next in a busy pub. Now I'm going to watch things. You know yeah. that. <laughs> but but then there's, there's other tricks like sleight of hand people used to do that we learned. They'd hold a 20 out. So you've clocked, they've got a 20, order a drink, take the money off and don't look pretty until, but what they've done, they've flipped it and give you a 10. Why are you not looking? Yeah. So you've got to be careful of that as well. There's just yeah. sly tricks. There's a lot of work. You have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> working behind a bar, there's a lot of things you can pick up on and a lot of, lot of things you can learn about people's behaviour. I can you know, imagine. Yeah, it's quite, quite you, you could watch it, you could watch a fight brewing, you could tell who was going to start a fight. You know, we'd give, we'd give him a couple of minutes, you know, before he pressed button on the bar for bouncers. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think even now I, I'm really, after all this time, you know, you pick up your phone and you can read people really quickly now. You yeah. Know, and, and one thing that I learned, um, you know, the hard way, as I'm sure most of us have, is um, you just go with your instincts. Like yeah. when, you, when you're speaking to a, when you go to a quote, if something doesn't feel right, it doesn't matter how good it looks and how many boxes it ticks, yeah. no matter how many you know boxes it ticks, you kind of you just know. And every time your instincts correct, in my yeah. in my yeah, go with your goal. yeah, yeah. And you know, it's funny because you can talk to trades and they're like, oh, you know, they don't believe in intuition. I just think it's a different word for it. But I'll say to them, yeah, but do you just know when someone's not quite right or they're not going to pay you? And, and they're yeah. like, oh yeah, I know every time. It's like, what's well, the same thing? Yeah. It's a different word. You know, we, it's, it's, it's all to do with uh, one one of the things I read, or oh, it was a podcast somewhere. I forget where I picked off it up. It was to do with vibrations. When they say where that term comes from, they give me bad vibes because a lot of spiritual people believe we're made up of molecules that vibrate. And if you're bad, your vibrations are bad. And that's where that comes from. Yeah. You know, yeah, so it's the aura sense. around you and the bad vibes. So sometimes if you're getting bad vibes or something, you just think, nah, stay clear. Yeah. And I think a lot, I think as a, you know, tradie, a lot of us are really good at that because we're around so many different people in different environments. It's the same thing with homes. I mean, you walk into some homes and you think, oh, it's really strange. Like, I don't want to be here. You just want to get the job done. The people are nice, but something about the house that just doesn't feel right. You just want to get it done and get out of there. And then other homes, I think, oh, I don't want to leave. (laughs) It's so nice. The one one I'm on at the moment, she says, she says, when we were done, I said Tuesday, she says, oh, it feels like you're part of family now. Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've done the outside. I've been on the inside three weeks. So, yeah. but I think I think trouble is when you're young and starting out, and you're a bit green behind ears. When you get the bad vibes or you know the gut feeling, ignore it because you're hungry for the work because you're trying to establish a business, and that's yeah, when and sometimes you 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 fall flat. 
But it's maybe a lesson that we all have to learn at some yeah. stage. It's part of the initiation, isn't it? To get as, as harsh as it is, probably yeah, you're right there. Yeah, it's, yeah. And, and you can tell people, but I think they have to experience it. It's something yeah. that you have to learn yourself, unfortunately, because your ego is too big to listen to anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so, but getting back into paint, what's your favourite product or paint paraphernalia at the moment that you're really loving that you couldn't live without? I don't know. I mean, it's hard because there's so many. Um, I mean, I use so many different tools. I love my Ulfa blade for wallpapering. I just can't yeah. like the German brand. I absolutely love them. Like I have to order them from Amazon now. They're impossible to get anywhere. Um, yeah. But once you have an Ulfa blade, you can't, you can't go back. Have, have, <laughs> you not, have, you not, have you not tried the Cayenne, the NT cutters and all the other ones? No, we don't have a lot of choice here when it comes to blades, I don't find. So we 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 used to get them. We well, can still get them here. There's a certain if I can find some, I'll I'll send you some over. Uh, we use I use the nine mil, the smaller ones, because you can get entire spaces with them. But we um, we used to get them on Amazon and eBay. But if somebody put a link on the Facebook group, everybody piled on it and started buying it. They'd shove the prices up, and for the NT blades, you could get hundred blades for ten pound, and the. The better than the Alpha. There was a bloke okay. on the group. Ooh, okay, you're gonna have to send me the link to this. The, 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 there was a bloke on on one of the groups. He was a bit of an ass, to say the least. But he knew his wallpapering stuff, and he put on about how the blades are polished, the angles are cut at certain angles, make them more improved. It, what yeah. he didn't know about papering wasn't worth knowing, but it was just a, an arrogant ass with it, you know that. <laughs> But all that, that stuff fascinates me. It's like trowels. I mean, I've got such a huge selection of trowels and, you know, the types of steel that they use and the Japanese trowels versus the Italian. Like, it's yeah. really fascinating and everyone has their their preferred trowel. And it's, it, yeah, I, it fascinates me how, how these different products are made and the love and the care that goes into them. And some of them are just McDonald's, basically. Yeah. Just Mon- monkey metal. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They're terrible, but other ones you just can't live with. You know, I stick. Yeah. I've got so many trousers, and there's two that I just use all the time. So, and, and they're probably well worn. And if they went missing, you'd be crying. Oh, I'd, yeah, and they're expensive. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I hold on to them. It's. I remember I used to drive this really old Nissan Pulsar. I was running my business. I used to park it down the street because I was selling high-end finishes, driving this old Pulsar. And I remember thinking, oh, please, if someone breaks in, do not steal my paintbrushes and my trowels because yeah. they were like deck brushes. I was like, they're worth more than my car. <laughs> the big warning just right. Don't take my brushes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so what's been your best investment work wise? Oh my Ute. I love my Ute. I've got mm-hmm. a um so I've got Australia, a Mazda. <laughs> a Mazda yeah, I know what what do the you call them? Pickups or a van. American you, you've got vans. Yeah, yeah. see, I didn't want this. So I was funny about that because I was actually diagnosed with toxicity poisoning at one point. That was probably a really, that was a very low point. Um, and I had to be really careful about toxins. And when I had my pulsar, I just remember the car smelling of enamel paint. Because yeah. I used to use enamel paint. And I had my daughter in there and I was horrified. Like it was really upsetting for me. So I needed a car that could be my runaround family car and my work car. And I wanted to make sure there were absolutely no fumes yeah. in the car. So I, that was the safest way for me yeah, to do it. Yeah, makes sense. It's separated. 
Yeah, so that was, I mean, I do appreciate a van. If I could have two, then maybe I would. But, um, you know, I use it for everything and I love it. It's great for camping. It's a very <laughs> Aussie thing. We, do love, we love the outback. So <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming it's a, it's a you with a hard top on the back. Yes, yeah. Yeah, but no but, good but open. I, but I don't, also, I don't need as much as I used to when I was general painting in that I, I'm always unloading and loading back in for either wallpaper or gilding or venetian and you don't need as many tools when you were general painting my gosh the amount of drop sheets you need and you know the amount of paint and the amount of tools people just don't get it i mean it's yeah unless you're painting first hour and a half of every job is carrying everything in yeah and absolutely and customers are looking at me and saying how much stuff are you using and, you know, you've got crates with dust sheets, you know, drop sheets, as you guys call them. And then you've got all your Fez tool gear, all your boxes you're stacking up, your extractor, your sanders, your oh, box with your brushes in, you know, and that's yeah, before you even start. Yeah. And it's it's nice for, for clients to watch you as well, I think, when you're general painting because they actually appreciate, you know, why you cost as much as you cost because yeah. there's all of this involved that they just have no idea about unless they've tried painting themselves. So do you have an end game for getting out as you get older? Oh, is is there a master say. plan? <laughs> I still don't. I'm still aiming to succeed. I've still got so many goals within the business to succeed with. Um, yeah, I think it will be probably more the training giving back kind of yeah. side of things and then yeah who knows we'll just see watch this space i mean my life hasn't really turned out the way i thought it would so never I'm just along <laughs> but what, what would you change any of your life or do you think it's your life that's got you to where you are now in your mistakes if, known, if someone told me what what it, what it would have involved at the beginning i i would have said absolutely not like no way am i doing that but now i mean you can't go back can you and i wake up every morning and i don't feel like i'm going to work i might think oh, i'm a bit tired yeah but nothing compares to that and if that's yeah. what it costs me, then it was worth every cent because i meet incredible people every day i love what i do yeah. and I feel this immense gratitude now because yeah. of the journey being on and the hardship. So it's it's yeah. like work. Titles are nothing. Happiness is everything. Yeah. 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 This is really. having a title as a manager to me. It's worthless if you're not happy at work. Yeah, I remember actually. I got a Master Painters Awards for a job a couple of years back, and I remember looking at it on the table, thinking, "Yeah, this is great," but. I just don't want to have to worry about money anymore. I want consistent work and all of that. You know, I thought it doesn't, it, it didn't, it didn't give me as much joy as what I thought it would because there were so many other things missing in my life. So yeah. it's yeah. eye-opening. It's, it's about finding the joys in life, wherever you find them, isn't it? Whether it's work, life in general, you know, time with your kids, the materialistic yeah. things are nothing. You know, they come and go. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys love this program unless you get, some of ours room 101 style they used to have celebrities on i was like what is room 101 style but what was it three things to to three three things you'd been they don't have to be work related but if you could get rid of them forever three things i'd been it would have to be i I don't know if this is relevant but like toxic people from your life anyone you oh yeah definitely 
very relevant. Yeah, definitely. Any, anyone you get off the phone to and afterwards you feel a bit ugh and the energy suckers, that they yeah. definitely have to go. That was a huge shift for me when I consciously decided to do that. Yeah, negative so, people. Negative people, definitely. Yeah. Oh, what would it be? This is a tough one. You've got me on the spot here. Oh, drop sheets with plastic on the back of them. Why? <laughs> they, flip, they slide. And then after a few years, you see the bits of them going everywhere. We, <laughs> we've, got, we've got ones that are like semi-waxed with like rubber dots on the back. Called, some call them dotties. Some are called gripper cloths. So if you've got them on like a laminate floor, they don't slip. Oh, that's a, see, that's a good idea. See, it's great in theory. I remember seeing them going, this is genius. And then after I bought them, I thought, what was I thinking? This is the most terrible invention ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. And I guess, oh, just cheap paint products. Just why? Why? Yeah. Like really, really cheap paint that doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to deal with it now, but seeing clients, you know, oh, I just, I found this on special and you think, it's just not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Buy so, the best of everything. On, on offer on bank holidays at the trade stores. <laughs> Two for yes, one. Exactly. <laughs> no yeah, exactly. We'll have that this weekend because it's bank holiday this weekend. Buy two, get one free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And because it's got the name of a trade brand on it, they think they're getting quality paint, but it isn't. It's trade. As, version. Exactly, as soon as it says trade, it's like, yeah, but the tradies don't use the trade paint. Have you not noticed? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So coming up for the final couple, where can we find you online and on social media? Uh, yeah, so I've got um, Instagram and Facebook, which is Azu Bespoke Finishes, and also my website, which is azubespokefinishes.com.au. Yeah. I haven't looked at your website yet, but I'd say go and check your Instagram out. It's got some cracking work on there. Thank uh, you very much. It reminds me very much. It's like a cross between Brent's. With oh, his porters, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think you might follow her, Kate Whitson. Oh. She's based up. She's based in Scotland over here. Okay. She does a lot of the Italiano stucco and marmorino. Oh, beautiful. Oh, she she, she does right. courses on it. And Kate's, yeah. Kate's at the far end, like me, I'll put it polite way, but what she doesn't know about paints, the products, the stuff in it isn't worth knowing. She's wow, taught. She's that. taught everywhere. She's taught in America, Italy. I wonder whether because I contacted Manetti Gold to ask if they had gilding courses. I think they recommended her, which is probably why. Does she do gilding? I think so. Yeah, and yeah, maybe. she does marble. Uh, the full lot, and she. I'd love to go and do a course because apparently her husband cooks fantastic food, and they provide the food when he's. <laughs> But what's better, decorative finishes, food and wine? Like, put that's that's oh, Kate, Kate likes a wine. I've spoke to Kate many a time when she's had a couple of glasses of wine, she does like a wine. But oh, Kate, I need to contact her. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Kate is fantastic. You need to contact her. What she doesn't know, it's worth knowing. She does some fantastic stuff. But okay, I, I really thought, I thought I saw you was following her already. I might be, but I'm following quite a few people. She, she so makes, she makes her own paint as well. She, has, she does. She, she, has, her, she has her own primers that she produces. Brilliant. You know, on a, on a large scale. She's. I think she's took a step back from doing client work now. Uh, keep meaning to get her on another podcast and like an update, but it's like when there's paths cross. Uh, but she took a step back, I think, from doing client work and does more courses and paint producing now. 
Okay, wonderful. I have to. I'll definitely be looking her up then and contact her. That would be fantastic. So your hobbies outside of work, you probably won't have that many. Oh <laughs> no, I love a hobby. I'm shocking. <laughs> I love a hobby. Um, what I stick to, I've actually my main hobby is I'm a vocalist, so I do singing. Yeah. Um, and then in the last, so that I've done that for about three years. In the last year, I've um started actually writing my own songs, which is great because yeah. I've got an amazing lyricist who. I meet up with him every fortnight and we jam together, which is... What, what genre are you into? Uh, I, I mean, I love jazz and blues and just, I don't know, a bit of everything really. I'm still sort of finding my feet and my style. Yeah. So anything that's a challenge at the moment. So And then keyboard, I play the keyboard and I recently started learning Spanish. So... <laughs> <laughs> and it's good because I actually found, you know, it's great to do these things that just completely take you away from your life, you yeah. know, I, and I always forget how important it is. And when I started these Spanish classes, I thought, this is so brilliant. My brain needs this and my life just needs this to just yeah. step away from, you know. I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to learn another language because I think it's rude when we go to another country and expect everyone speaking English. <laughs> yeah, and we can do it. I mean, we can listen to, you know, whatever language we want to while we're working to try yeah. and, you know, 20 minutes a day of listening to another language, I'm sure it's got to help. There's there's an app, oh, my daughter told me about it, she used it for French at school, and it's, it's I think it is 15, 20 minutes a day. Duolingo, that's it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm on Duolingo as well. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But yeah, I just can't make my mind up which one I'd like to learn. I can hardly speak proper yeah, English at times, but... <laughs> It's definitely, yeah, that's a hard one. And look, I'd love to be able to learn how to be better with, you know, computers and and that sort of thing and Photoshop. And I'd love to offer my clients a service where I could Photoshop the finishes into the room, but it's yeah. just time. You know? Yeah. It's yeah, it's prioritising that time as well as a parent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As a parent, but also for me, you know, the most important thing is keeping my clients happy. So. Um, I've, I've always said it's like a, a three-pronged fork when you're a parent because it's like a weekend. Do you spend your time with kids or do you spend your time working extra to pay, get money to do more stuff with kids or do you spend time decorating your own house so you've got a nice house for kids? Uh, yeah, it's so true. I mean, I'm fortunate. My daughter's with her father every second weekend, so that weekend I generally work. Yeah. So I know I've got that weekend to catch up on, you know, because it's it's really hard when you do school drop off and pick up. There's not a lot of hours. I mean, you're you're literally unpacking your tools, working as fast as you can, and then you look yeah. at the time and go, oh, "Gotta go." Yeah, um, especially when you're crossing town with traffic and what have you, it can be probably frustrating as well. Yeah, Adelaide doesn't have a lot of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> But the other thing is the kids' hobbies. I mean, I'm sure the guys and girls can relate to that. I mean, Elita's hobbies. I mean, kids just do so much these days. I mean, she's doing drums and gymnastics and keyboard. My my little lad's just just given up swimming. He's been doing it for seven years. He's he's 10 now and he's he's had enough. Wow. Did he do the 5 a.m.? Classes. No, he he was just doing swimming lessons every week. I'm a big believer in kids doing swimming lessons. My daughter yeah. did. She got bored roughly at the same age. Uh, and it was every Thursday night. So you can't do anything on the Thursday night because by the time you get in, it's half seven, eight o'clock. By the time you've eaten, you know, it's late. So I could never look at jobs on Thursday. But it's got to a point now where it was in advanced. And it's just 60 lengths backwards and forwards. 
in three quarters wow. of an hour and he just got bored of it. And two weeks he didn't want to go. And my boy said, we'll never push him. If it gets to two weeks and after that they still don't want to go, we'll just not force them to do anything. You know, I can yeah, look something else to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. Save time and money. <laughs> and he can swim now, so I yeah. think you're okay. Well, that's <laughs> the main thing. You can swim, and that's my main concern. You know, it, it 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 brings the confidence on as well. Yeah, absolutely. And here yeah. in Australia, most kids do swimming lessons. I mean, we're just everyone's yeah. at the beach in summer, so you kind of have to. <laughs> we b- believe it or not, I'm five minute walk from beach, but we'd never bother going in sea. Our sea's terrible. Why is that? The amount of sewage in it. They're, uh, they're actually a lot of the big water companies are being investigated at the moment because they've been charging you for disposing of your waste water, but it's been reported it's been tipped into the sea. That's so horrible. Greenpeace and a lot of sad. others, there's a big investigation going on at the moment with it. So That's it's so yeah, it's, it's just so polluted. Not you know, you, you you come out and you you'll end up with I mean sickness bug or something because you've swallowed some. You know, and you say, yeah, it's just tip oh, straight in. So on, on to the final one, I'll let you go off. Uh, who are you digging on Insta at the moment and who would you like to see call them out on a podcast? Ah, okay. I love at the moment Mish Paints. So her name's Michelle Kesselman. She is really artistic and she um, studied at the Vanderkellen Institute. So she's always doing fun projects with marbling and all living her best life. Um, I love following, and I'm probably going to pronounce his last name incorrectly, is Henry Vanderviver. Obviously everyone's Uh, following him. Yeah. How do you pronounce his last name? I'd probably about as good as you. I'll not even attempt it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just, oh, you know, life goals, just the projects he does and the standard is just beautiful. I mean, I love that. And his sample band, I mean, that's everything. I'm like, I love the sample band. And I also follow Vogue Living a lot because I find that it just gives, I mean, Yes, it's a posh magazine, but they do so many cool things with paint and colours and it's really inspiring and I also find it's great to show clients' images from Vogue Living because, oh, especially on their Instagram page, yeah, it's, yeah, they're using colours on ceilings and, and then all of a sudden people go, oh, yeah, that might not be so bad. So it keeps things interesting for us. Yeah. I, t- I tell you who does some good stuff and you probably like in fall paper, Mark Hutchinson that I had on a podcast. Oh, yeah, I follow him. I love, oh, amazing, amazing. Yeah. He does some yeah. nice work. It, I remember him doing a really shiny bathroom and it looked brilliant, like a high gloss. You know, yeah. that's what first got me attention with. I thought, that is something else, is that? It's, oh, and but his wallpapering skills are just incredible. I mean, the the buildings you've got over there and how you would apply papers that are, you know, geometric shapes with all the wonky walls is just amazing. This one will break your heart at the moment. I'm on the staircase. I've just stripped three floors of William Morris off a staircase. And they're having it just plain white walls. They're just having plain white painted. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's um, ouch. I, yeah. I don't think I could. I don't think I could bring myself to do it. Well, I'm just doing what they pay me for. Well, <laughs> As someone else would probably pay you to hang William Morris wallpaper in the same space in five years' time. It was. It, it's, it's a bizarre turn of events. It's a job round corner, and the woman had it. The woman who had the house previously, 
she had it done and then her decorator retired and I did her house she bought after she sold this one round corner. And I hung William Morris in that one over three floors of staircase. But this is her old house. That's how I know it's William Morris because I know Mel has William Morris wallpaper everywhere and fire and ball paint. You know, so it's all being stripped. It's just green, white walls, white ceiling, white woodwork. <clears throat> Excuse me. None of that happens here. Can we just paint it all white? And yeah. Just go... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's well paid, but it's just played. <laughs> yeah. And it's a job, you know, and and ultimately what's our job is to keep the client happy, you know. Yeah. And I, there's so many times I, you know, sit with a client and I don't care if I like it or not. It really is irrelevant to me as long as they're happy. Yeah. And if it's something interesting, I'm happy. You know, it's yeah. their reaction to the day that's the biggest joy for me. It's not me projecting what I like onto them. So I've I've had clients pick customers. This this one that was around corner, Mel, I'd go and she'd pick a bold colour. I'm thinking, what? And then when you put it on, you think, that looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's got it's- a lot, a lot really good vision, <laughs> better than way better than me. And I'm thinking, that colour really? And then we put it onto the stand back thing. That actually looks really smart. Yeah, it's a real gift. I mean, some of the interior designers, same thing, they send me the brief and I think, oh, what is this? And it comes together and go, yeah, this is why you do what you do. You know, and it looks so. That's why you're charging the money you do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, it's been great to have you on and I do appreciate it. Is it Monday night over there? It's um no, it's Sunday night. Sunday, Sunday night, yeah. I've lost track how far ahead you are of us. Sunday, Sunday night. Yeah, it's a fresh yeah. week tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you giving your Sunday night up. Uh, and thanks very much for coming on. We finally got no, there between thank us. Thank you very much. It's been great. Thank you so much, Chris. Brilliant. Thank you. I'm going to crack on with the rest of my Sunday. <laughs> Enjoy the rest <laughs> of the day off. <laughs> Enjoy. See Brilliant. Thanks very much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I hope you're enjoying these podcasts as we delve into people's lives and stories. Whether it be the ups, downs, wins and losers, we've all been there in some shape or form and we aren't alone. I'd really appreciate it if you're enjoying these, if you could show your support by subscribing, sharing and maybe even leaving us a cheeky review on iTunes. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.